0: So you're new to fantasy basketball, you've been playing fantasy football for years, and you've been telling yourself, I'm going to join a fantasy hoops league. So you sign up, but you didn't fully understand the league types, and and you realize you're in a category league, and you're like, what's a category league, and how do I even prepare for this upcoming draft? In this episode, my special guest is going to put you on a game and get you ready for your fantasy basketball draft for this season and beyond. Welcome to the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The weekly show dedicated to helping fantasy managers like you crush your league and bring home multiple championships. Now, your host, Robin Marks. We believe every NBA fan who plays fantasy football should also play fantasy basketball. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline. Football is back and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember, use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Barack Lesnar is one of my favorite YouTube personalities for fantasy sports. I've been watching him for years. The brother offers so much value for category leagues, but even for points leagues as well. So I've been getting tons of nuggets from him. Really excited about having him on the show. I introduce to you the host of the Barack Lesnar Hoops Fantasy Basketball Show on YouTube, my brother, Barack Lesnar. What's good, Barack? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Oh man, I'm super hyped as well, man. Let's jump into some value. I saw your, I think your first video of the season where you talked about the power of the unicorn. And I <laughs> want to shout you out also for being the first guy that I think on screen had some chat GPT action for fantasy basketball. <laughs> I had some people talk about it. I think Josh Lloyd talked about it with his uh, t- some of his titles. He's been using it. I've been using it behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. I think it's really dope that you were transparent, put it on the screen. So talk to me about that, that concept of the power of the unicorn and maybe even some players that fit that mold?
1: Yeah. So when I say unicorns, I think there's a seesaw effect with a lot of categories and it makes a whole lot of sense if you really think about it. So when you have guys that take a whole lot of shots, it makes sense uh, that maybe because they take a lot of three pointers, for example, their field goal percentage is going to take a hit. So there's almost this trade-off where all right, I want three pointers, but it's going to hurt my field goal percentage because if you're really efficient at threes and you're hitting 43 percent of your threes, you're actually an incredibly efficient three point score. But when you find those players who can get you 50 percent from the field and they're also getting you three threes, I call that a unicorn because they're an anomaly. They kind of go against the traditional thinking. Another example of that is block shots. Traditionally, your blocks are going to come from big men who play close to the basket, both on offense and defense. You normally don't count on them giving you three. So there's that trade off. All right, I'm going to be good at blocks, but I'm going to take a hit in my three point category. But you target these players that can get blocks and three pointers. What ends up happening is you're essentially maximizing your strengths And you're kind of diminishing the traditional weaknesses that you would experience with these non-unicorns. And they're called unicorns because it just goes against what you would normally expect. Um, Somebody that I think fits the bill. One of my, I mean, possibly my favorite player, reigning finals MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic. Somebody who I've been a fan of for years. I've talked about him as the number one pick for years now. Uh, I always got a bit frustrated when people kind of downplayed him and said, oh, he hasn't done anything in the playoffs because the things he does are out of this world. He's a unicorn in a few different ways. He's a unicorn because he's a traditional center that gets three pointers and also a really high free throw percentage. Um, And outside of that, he's giving you point guard level numbers from the center position. So the flexibility that gives you in building a team in categories is just out of this world because typically you're not going to have a center giving you point guard numbers. So because I picked the center with point guard numbers, now maybe I can pick a point guard and ignore the fact that they don't have a ton of assists because I'm getting that from the center position, which traditionally I wouldn't get. So I hope I'm being clear in what I mean by a unicorn. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is another great example of a unicorn. Brooke Lopez these big men who get you a ton of blocks, uh, get you a ton of uh, three pointers and also help your free throw percentage.
0: Very dope. No, that makes total sense. And it's very clear. So talk, you talked about positional flexibility in that same episode, which was a really good nugget for me. Talk to me about the importance of positional flexibility in category leagues. So this is
1: something I had to learn with experience. So, If you ignore it too much and you're just going off of, I really like this player or this player fell to me, so I need to pick them now. You end up with positional weaknesses. What I mean with that is, um, let's say I draft seven shooting guard eligible players, but now I only have two centers on my rotation. No matter how good my shooting guards are, what will likely happen is on those nights where every team seems to be playing, I'm going to have some players on the bench because maybe I have three center slots and too many shooting guards. So I end up with dead weight. And the last thing you want is to be in a situation where uh, you have players just rotting on the bench, having a great night, but you can't slide them in because they don't have that position eligibility, which is why I love targeting players, not only that have multiple positions, but there are some players that have maybe three, sometimes four positions where you could slide them in anywhere. And the way I view positions, I try to target four to five point guard eligible players, four to five center eligible players. And when they have multiple position flexibilities, I say they have point guard shooting guard eligibility. I don't need to target shooting guards because maybe now I have five point guard shooting guard eligible players, which means I have four shooting guards and I have four point guards, which gives me a little more flexibility with the rest of my build. So If you have too many players that, let's say, all your centers you draft are center eligible, not power forward eligible, now you can't play them in your forward slots. So now you have to use a utility slot or, um, you know, if you have point guard eligible players only, you can't slide them into a shooting guard slot. So that positional flexibility makes it so that regardless of what's happening that night, you don't have players sitting on the bench that shouldn't be sitting there when there's a slot available that they could potentially fit in. And it's like a puzzle when they have all those different positions, you're able to play around and find a place to put them on your roster. Typically in the default league, I think you have, what is 13, 14, 13.
0: Yep. No, that's good. Brock. One, one question I had off of that. So Mm -hmm. what's your take on like, uh, like limits on, uh, how many, centers you can have because i know that's a, a hot topic sometimes mm. I, I tell people like you know remove that like if you want to have a bunch of centers that's up to you what do you mm. what's your position on that
1: i think it's a handicap uh and i found that happens sometimes Um uh, people put these barriers in place so something else i've seen is uh where they make it so you can't just go and pick somebody up right away because there's a time zone difference so they make that more difficult I think if you're willing to put in the energy and time and the strategy and you draft six centers because it's going to help you. I don't like there just being this one position that has this limit on it when the other ones don't. And it's really just to give other people a benefit just because centers are rare. And I said it in my first video. Centers are typically seven footers. Um, As far as human nature, seven footers are rare. So by default, centers are going to be more rare. But there's always a trade-off. If you have too many centers, there's going to be a position you're weaker in. And I don't think you should put any handicaps that kind of even out the competition because it's all a mental game. And if you're willing to put more effort and try a strategy, I I, I don't like rules like that, personally speaking. Yeah, I feel you on that. Talk to me about some of the
0: categories that fantasy managers need to prioritize.
1: Man, I like to be counterintuitive. I feel like in my experience over the years, people really value scores, they value rebounds, they value assists. So they will spend all their early picks targeting this, but then they'll grab guys that kill their field goal percentage. They'll grab guys that kill their free throw percentage. They'll grab guys that kill their turnovers. So I figured out at some point, if I target assist to turnover ratio players, so guys that get a lot of assists relative to the low turnovers they have, and I target... Field goal percentage. I target free throw percentage. If I'm going to be weak in one, I don't want to be weak in both. I don't want to be weak in field goal and free throw percentage. I'm going to choose one or the other. Uh, instead of going for assist, guys, I'll go for assist to turnover ratio, guys. So maybe I end up middle of the pack in assist, but I'm one of the strongest teams in turnovers. And again, it's that seesaw effect. I'm going to make it so all right, you're going to beat me with all your assist, guys, or you're going to beat me with all your scores. But guess what? You're not going to beat me in field goal percentage. You're not going to beat me in turnovers. And I'm going to be competitive in steals and blocks because I prioritize those positions. And now you have players, for example, that don't have the ball a lot in their hands. And that's most players in the NBA aren't going to have the ball in their hands. So low turnovers are kind of baked into those sort of players. So if I'm grabbing guys that are specialists, that can get me threes. They can get me steals and blocks. And out of virtual, not taking a lot of shots, they're also efficient and don't turn over the ball a lot. It opens up the game for me because now these guys are bringing value to me because I'm not looking at them and saying, you only score eight points per game. You can't be on my roster versus a guy that's focused on scoring heavily or on rebounds or assists. That's very heavily based on that usage. So what that means to me is everyone is targeting those heavy usage players. So then you're You close out a lot of the league. So my strategy not only opens up the league, but by targeting those categories, I can look on the waiver wire and immediately know who fits my mold and who doesn't. So Dylan Brooks, not a guy you're going to see me draft often, takes a ton of shots, inefficient, turns the ball over, not a lot of assists. So uh, it makes it very easy to me not only to know who to pick up, but who to not.
0: Mm, That's good. So you talked about um, assist to turnover ratio Mm -hmm. and just stats in general. What kind of tools, websites, where would you point people if they're new to fantasy and they're like, I don't get enough
1: information from Yahoo or ESPN? What Mm -hmm. what tools would you recommend? I've always liked uh, and I'm going to give them a shout out. I'm not connected with them in any way, but hashtag basketball. I feel they have a lot of great free tools that have been helpful to me. I've also paid a couple of bucks because they give you some other cool tools uh, that I find valuable. But honestly, I like the Yahoo user interface and Yahoo fantasy gives me a ton of information. The research tools are incredibly helpful. Even when I do my videos on waiver wire pickups, I based on on waiver wire trends because where there's smoke, there's fire. And you have these really talented, skilled people who are making moves. And if you see a player all of a sudden. Is getting picked up by 500 individuals now you know hey there's something for me to look further into Um, and it depends what you want to look up you could google it simply assist a turnover ratio NBA for last season and look up a reputable site it's knowing uh, what the stats means means more than where you get them because you could get the information from NBA.com if you want to it's just knowing how that Statistic or how those categories fit with your team, how they interplay with each other, and how you can kind of abuse the system and target players that help you more in fantasy that aren't household names because that's where you're going to win. Because when you're t- playing against guys who aren't going to do the homework you're doing, a lot of times they'll put a lot of value on oh, well, who's talking about who am I seeing highlights of? Who are the famous NBA players? Who are the household names? Versus you, you're like, I'm targeting the players that are going to fit what I'm specifically building.
0: So, Barack, we promised the people some some jewels, something they could use in their category drafts. It's draft season. People are excited Mm -hmm. right now. Every weekend is going down. Like I got drafts lined up. (laughs) Talk to me about some of those early round players that you're targeting specifically for category leagues in the 2023-24 season.
1: Early round players, I mentioned one of them earlier. Uh, I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. I believe he's going around that 20 if range. Um, Huge fan of his ability to get steals, blocks, a lot of three pointers. He tends to be efficient, and he's still a young player on the upswing, still figuring out how good he can be. So he's somebody that immediately comes to mind that I can see being a first round producer. The only thing with him, he can be a little bit injury prone, so there's some concern there, which is likely why he's not higher in the rotation. Uh, But he's somebody that I definitely have in mind. Uh, Somebody – let's see, some other early-round players. Um, um, God, I should have been more prepared for this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just did a video, too, and now I'm blanking. But uh,
0: what do you think about um, the – if you had the first pick, people should just take the joke and don't overthink it, right?
1: Yeah. I'm a Jokic disciple. So until somebody shows me otherwise, he's been my go-to for years. I had him in a dynasty league um, for like three or four years now, and anybody that wanted him, I'd send the most ridiculous trade offers, and they'd tell me, like, no, you're asking for too much. And I'm like, ah, right, you'll see. And he always, I won the championship last year in that very specific league, Uh, because he makes it so easy to build around. He's always healthy. The only issue he has is he's a victim of his own success. Mm -hmm. Last year, he ended up hurting me a little bit because the Nuggets were so good that he rested during one of my championship weeks, and that ended up costing me. So the only downside is he's too good. Mm. Um, So Nikola Jokic, for sure, is the number one uh, pick for me. Um, I got another one. I got another one for you real quick. I got another okay, question go ahead. real quick. So
0: I get a lot of uh, questions about SGA versus Tyrese Halliburton. So if you had to pick one for category leagues, which one would you uh, be looking for?
1: Tyrese Halliburton. In my last video I made, I actually called. I'm like he's like the Nikola Jokic uh, point guards because he see his rookie year. And I normally don't recommend rookies, but this guy was going at the end of draft, so I'm like, draft this guy because I did research into him and I read something very interesting. In college, I think he had the highest win shares for the lowest usage of any player in like uh, NCAA history. I don't know if that's changed since then, but at that time, that immediately caught my eye because it said he doesn't need the ball in his hands to help his team win. And I'm like, that bodes really well for his future. And he had a strong rookie year. And if anything, I underestimated how good he would be. I would say Tyrese Halliburton, his efficiency, his ability to hit threes. He's not going to give you the same scoring, but you're getting 10 plus assists. His turnovers are stupid low for the amount of assists he gets. I think it's like 10 assists to maybe two turnovers. If that Um, really efficient, both field goal percentage, free throw percentage. He barely hurts you in any categories. And if he does hurt you in some, I mean, they're what you expect from a point guard. So Tyrese Halliburton, definitely an early round player that I think is worthy of that pickup. I love Shea as well, but he's also been a little bit injury prone in my experience. He took a huge leap last year. And I'm also not fully convinced that the Thunder are ready to be competitive quite yet. They were good last year, but I'm still a little iffy on how good they're going to be. And there's always those rest games that happen at the end of the year. I just see the Pacers being a little more competitive. I could be wrong on that. But if I had to pick between both, I'm probably leaning towards Tyrese.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. So let's talk about some sleepers. Do you have some sleepers that you could recommend for folks to look for in drafts this year?
1: Yes. Sleepers. One uh, one sleeper that caught my attention is uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. He's uh, going very late in drafts. And the reason I like Bojan, he has the ability to score a lot. And his field goal percentage is really high. His free throw percentage is really high. And he gets you a lot of threes. So when you're late in the draft and maybe you missed out on those scores early on, typically when you're grabbing scores late in the draft, they're ones that really hurt um, your efficiency. So to be able to grab a guy that's capable of scoring 20 plus points per game and do so efficiently, he's somebody that I would have, uh, in mind somebody else. Uh, what's his name? He just got traded to the jazz. Uh, John Collins, John Collins. Yes. John Collins is somebody else. I've been a fan of for years. Um, I believe they're going to find him the minutes and he has that ability to block some shots. He can score. He can do so efficiently. He can hit free throws. Uh, I think he's being a little underrated. I remember when Laurie Markkinen got traded to the jazz people kind of Thought he wouldn't do as well as he ended up doing. So I could see that playing out. Um, I could see them playing together and uh, marking and playing some small forwards. So John Collins is another target I noticed late in draft. There's a few others that caught my mind. I, and to me, let me clarify, when I consider a sleeper, uh, my definition of a sleeper is a guy you can get that's going to outproduce where you draft. Him. So yeah. relative to where you're picking a player, So even if you pick a guy 25, but I think he can produce at a top seven level. To me, I consider that a sleeper. Um, So I think DeMar DeRozan's a little bit of a sleeper. He's a guy that normally goes around that 50 range. But almost the last few seasons, he, in my experience, is producing at an early round level and Mm -hmm. always outplays where he's being uh, picked up. I think it seems like he's going down every year, but he's still performing. Yeah. he does. He's consistent with that. And Jalen Williams is somebody else. He reminds me a little bit of the production you get from Mikhail Bridges. He just produces a little bit across the board. He's super efficient. I loved what I saw from him last year. In my opinion, this is a controversial take. I thought he should have been rookie of the year. Jalen Williams? Huh? Jalen Williams? Yeah, on OKC, because not only did OKC outproduce expectations, but what he did for a rookie, the efficiency, uh, the numbers he was putting up, especially after the All-Star break, he helped me win a championship. And I think he helped a few people win championships, how good he was. Him going into his second year, a year of experience under his belt, those veteran eyes, I think he's going to beat out where he's being drafted. So uh, there's uh, Jordan Clarkson is another guy that I think is a bit of a sleeper. He always goes late as well and always ends up outproducing where he's being picked up. He's a heater of a score. He can be efficient for how many threes he's hitting. He's not a guy you grab for steals or blocks. But again, late in the draft, if you want a point guard with punch, uh, he's one that I would target. I have if you check out my channel, I'm making very detailed videos about all of this. Um, I only wanted to give you a sneak peek uh, on this one. You know, out of love for you and for your channel and all of your lovely subscribers. Love it. Love it. So speaking
0: of that, why don't you tell folks what's coming up this season for your channel and anything else you want to drop and also how people could get in contact with you?
1: Yeah. So if you want to reach out to me, you can find me. I'm on IG at Barack Lesnar. You can email me at the Barack Lesnar at gmail.com. I'm working on so many things. So I don't know if you know this. I'm actually a comedian. Uh, so you can look up uh, Barack Lesnar. That's my comedy channel on IG. I mostly do comedy things, but I love my fantasy basketball community. I wouldn't have achieved all these other projects without really venturing into fantasy basketball and content creation. As far as this, um, I wanted to tell you players to avoid real quick before I forget, you might want to avoid LeBron James. Uh, in my opinion, he's getting up there in years and there's too many play, uh, too many categories. He hurts you in. And I'll tell you this instead avoid aging players, Avoid players who have been missing large chunks of the season for years in a row. Now availability is the best ability, uh, and avoid players that hurt you a lot in categories. Sometimes you're better picking a guy that is decent in a lot of categories, but doesn't outright hurt you in any categories than grabbing a guy that maybe averages 40 points per game, but they get five turnovers per game and kill your field goal percentage. Cause that could mm. put you in the hole that the good can't get you out of. So um apply that as you will. I uh, hope that you can follow the content that I'm putting out. I'll have a video coming later today. I already discussed my strategy. I made a video discussing the point guard shooting guard eligible players that I'm targeting. Today will be a video on shooting guard small forward eligible players I'm targeting in drafts and kind of ranking. I have a lot more content coming before the season starts, so I hope that you can check it out. follow my comedy stuff. That means a lot to me because I want to show a different side of me on YouTube other than just this fantasy basketball content.
0: Very dope. Well, Barack, we're super honored that you pulled up to hang out with us. And we're looking forward to having you on again in the near future. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Believe in Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Robin Marks. Join our free Discord community at BelieveinFantasy.com. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at BelieveinFantasy. This episode was brought to you by BetOnline, where the game starts.